Good Tuesday morning. Powerful storms creating havoc up and down the East Coast. And a new round of severe weather is on the way. It's August 8th. This is today. Pummel. Hundreds of thousands without power and many of the nation's airports brought to a standstill by heavy rain, high winds and tornadoes. The South hit especially hard. Al's tracking it all and what you can expect today. Firing back, Donald Trump lashing out at the special counsel over his push to limit what the former president can say while under indictment. It is an outrageous criminalization of political speech. The judge now ordering both sides back to court. We'll have the very latest. Breaking overnight, shark scare. A woman attacked at a popular New York beach. This morning, new details on the victim's condition and the heroes who raced in to help. Heartbreaking. Support pouring in for Sandra Bullock after her longtime partner dies following a private battle with ALS. Just ahead, the emotional messages from his family and hers. Those stories, plus massive jackpot. The Mega Millions prize soars to more than one and a half billion dollars the largest in the game's history. The drawing now just hours away. And ready or not, even with the heat of summer still raging, the flavor of fall already here. First one of the season, let's try it out. Inside the earlier than ever arrival of pumpkin spice season that's dividing the nation. She's asking me for pumpkin, it's Ever. August. Today, Tuesday, August 8th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Cuffey, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. And a good Tuesday morning. Welcome to today. Thanks so much for waking up with us with Savannah and Huda off this morning. We've got Chanel Jones in a bit early. Good morning. Well, weather again. Weather huh? again. Weather again. And, and that pumpkin spice latte clip from the that was just for Mr. Roker. Well, I feel like we're rushing it a little bit. I want to slow down and, if we can. And Al hates the pumpkin spice latte. We're going to talk about that in just a moment, how some people are trying to bring fall in a little sooner. But as Chanel mentioned, that wicked weather, the top story this morning, the south up and down the east coast hit hard overnight. In fact, several people were killed, one by lightning in Alabama, another by a falling tree in South Carolina. In fact, at one point, more than a million people lost power. And take a look at this. The moment nearly 30 electrical poles came crashing down in Maryland, trapping dozens mm. of people in their cars. Those storms are still causing major travel issues after canceling 1,700 flights and delaying some 8,000 more. Here's a look at what we call the misery map and where things stand with flights this morning. We've got it all covered for you, including Al, who's tracking more severe storms today. But we're going to start with NBC's Kathy Parks. She's at New York's LaGuardia Airport. Kathy, good morning. Hey, Craig, good morning to you. Yeah, we can't seem to catch a break from all this extreme weather. Those powerful storms cut a path of destruction and hundreds of thousands of customers are still without power. Meanwhile, here in LaGuardia last night, there were hundreds of delays and cancellations. And this morning, we're still feeling the impacts. Overnight, an outbreak of violent storms on the East Coast, unleashing destructive winds, torrential downpours and damaging hail. In Westminster, Maryland, dozens of people, including children, were stuck in their cars after nearly 30 power poles came crashing down. Everyone was safely rescued. 
I've never seen anything like this before in my entire life. The stormy conditions continuing up and down the East Coast, bringing dangerous winds and reports of tornadoes and roads flooding as drivers struggle to get home. In the Washington, D.C. suburbs, wind gusts up to 80 miles per hour at the height of rush hour, slamming trees into homes and onto power lines. Ahead of the bad weather, federal workers in the nation's capital urged to leave work early Monday. This is the most ominous shot of the day. The same storm system hammering parts of East Tennessee and South Carolina. It's going to be a tree on a garage there advising a child and trapped in the garage. Where officials say a falling tree killed a 15-year-old. While in Alabama, lightning struck and killed a 28-year-old man. As the wild weather closed in, thousands of flight delays on the East Coast meant some travelers had to find another way home. At this point, we are going to try to rent a car and just drive. Now, some of the busiest airports are still playing catch up this morning, but nothing like what we saw last night. Meanwhile, here in LaGuardia, I just checked fewer than two dozen delays and cancellations. So slowly things are starting to improve. Craig? All right, some good news there. Kathy Park. Kathy, thank you. So what can you expect today for that week? Say good morning to Mr. Al Roker for some answers. Good yeah, morning to you. Good morning, guys, and good morning to you. Over 600 storm reports yesterday, second most uh, so far this year. Nine million people impacted right now. The heaviest rain is moving up into New England, so they've got flood watches there. That will still dump about four inches of rain more in parts of uh, New England, especially up into Maine. Now, for today, seven million people stretching from the southeastern Atlantic coast all the way into the plains for damaging hail, wind gusts of 60 miles per hour, and we can't rule out a tornado or two. And then Wednesday, St. Louis, Kansas City, Nashville, Starkville, 15 million people, wind gusts of up to 60 miles per hour, tornadoes possible, damaging hail. As the system comes out of the central Rockies, producing strong winds, hail, and tornadoes today. Then tomorrow, that low pressure moves into northern Arkansas, bringing a flash flood risk increase for the Midwest. And what we're looking at generally is about four to five inches, possibly in some isolated sections from St. Louis, Little Rock, on up into Indianapolis. We're going to be watching that very closely. Coming up in the next half hour, we're going to talk about 52 million people still at under heat advisories and heat warnings from Miami all the way to Texas. Guys. All right. Lots happening in the weather department. We'll come back to you in just a few minutes, buddy. Meanwhile, some new developments this morning tied to Donald Trump's ongoing legal troubles. His lawyers respond. Late yesterday to a court request by federal prosecutors aimed at toning down rhetoric over the 2020 election probe and keeping shared evidence secret until a trial. NBC's Kelly O'Donnell is down in Washington for us with the very latest on this. Kelly O, good morning to you. Good morning, Craig. The former president was up late and on fire on his social media, posting about his indictments until one o'clock in the morning. The special counsel worked after normal business hours, too, and filed a new response that directly accused Mr. Trump of wanting to try this latest case in the media and not the courtroom. This morning, Donald Trump versus the special counsel playing out in the courts and in public. We call it a sham indictment. We have one set of laws in this country, and they apply to everyone. The most recent battle over a protective order requested by the special counsel intended to protect evidence that will be shared with the Trump legal team that Mr. Trump could make public. Those concerns prompted by the former president's own megaphone. 
from campaign rallies. And it is an outrageous criminalization of political speech. To his social media blasts. No, I shouldn't have a protective order placed on me because it would impinge upon my right to free speech. Jack Smith, the special counsel, is now frequently the focus of the former president's fury. Jack Smith, he's a deranged human being. You take a look at that face, you say, that guy is a sick man. Smith's team, noting Mr. Trump's history of speaking openly about witnesses, lawyers, judges, and others involved in his cases, worried that if he were to expose evidence like grand jury transcripts in public, that could have a harmful, chilling effect on witnesses. Trump's lawyers argued his rights are at risk. President Trump being attacked for his First Amendment rights. But the former president's lawyers say he would accept some rules on the most sensitive government evidence, urging a more limited order. The former president's 2024 rival, Chris Christie, once a federal prosecutor, argues there are limits on free speech. Is this the kind of conduct that the Republican Party or the American people want from someone who's going to be president. Also new this morning, the judge overseeing the Washington case on election-related charges is setting new and notably short deadlines to resolve this dispute about the protective order. She wants both sides to agree to a hearing time by the end of this week. Craig? Kelly O'Donnell for us there in Washington. Kelly, thank you. Now to growing tensions between the U.S., Russia, and China after ships from those two nations carried out a joint military exercise off the coast of Alaska. It comes as an alleged informant for Russia has been arrested in connection with what officials say was a foil plot to assassinate Ukraine's president. NBC's chief foreign correspondent Richard Engel has all the details. Richard, good morning. Good morning. Ukrainian intelligence says this suspect, an alleged informant for Russia, worked in a shop selling military supplies to Ukrainian soldiers and that she was gathering information about President Zelensky's movements and passing along targeting information about Ukraine's defenses to Moscow. Russia overnight carried out what's known as a double tap, a sinister kind of attack, firing a missile at an apartment building full of civilians in eastern Ukraine and then striking it again to kill first responders. At least seven people were killed, including rescue workers. Russia was busy last night. The military releasing more footage of its troops pounding Ukraine's defenses. President Zelensky denounced the new attacks. He hasn't stopped giving his usual nightly addresses and is staying high profile, even after Ukraine's main intelligence service announced just yesterday that it had thwarted a plot to kill him. Ukraine arrested this woman, claiming to have caught her red-handed collecting information about Zelensky's movements during this trip to Mykolaiv late last month. The goal, Ukraine says, was to target Zelensky with a Russian airstrike. The Kremlin hasn't commented, but it's yet another sign that this war is entering uncharted territory as it escalates out of the region and away from the trenches. Drone attacks Russia blames on Ukraine are increasing in Moscow. And a sea drone last week, along with Russian strikes on the coastal city of Odessa, have turned the Black Sea into a hostile front. And President Vladimir Putin and his main ally, President Xi, are projecting their power far beyond the region, sending a message to the United States, Ukraine's primary backer. A patrol of 11 Chinese and Russian warships cruised together near Alaska, only leaving recently. 
The Pentagon saying there was no direct threat, but sending four destroyers and a reconnaissance plane as a warning. China also took part in Ukraine peace talks that ended this weekend in Saudi Arabia without an agreement. U.S. officials described China's participation as productive and negotiators agreed to meet for another round. Chanel. All right, Richard, thank you. Also breaking overnight, a popular beach here in New York temporarily shut down after a woman was attacked by a shark. She was rescued by lifeguards, but this morning that woman is in the hospital in critical condition. NBC's Ann Thompson is covering this one for us. Ann, good morning. Good morning, Craig. You know, it seems like every week this summer we hear about another shark sighting, encounter, or even an attack. And last night off the coast of New York, where sharks are, shark attacks are incredibly rare, it happened again. A beachgoer is in serious but stable condition this morning after an apparent shark attack in the waters off New York City. The city's Department of Parks and Recreation telling NBC News a woman was bitten Monday evening and removed from the water by lifeguards who administered first aid to the 65-year-old before she was rushed to the hospital. The incident happening along Rockaway Beach in Queens, a popular summer spa. Afterwards, the NYPD using a drone to scan the ocean and help keep swimmers out of harm's way. Monday's apparent attack, the latest in a busy summer of shark sightings and encounters along New York's coast. Shark attack at the lifeguard station. Including several around the 4th of July, with two attacks occurring just miles apart. There's been a lot of shark attacks happening on the beaches. There's been a lot of warnings. Elsewhere along the East Coast, swimmers have been on alert for months and for good reason. In June, paddleboarders off Florida's shore getting a surprise visit from a hammerhead lurking in the water. While last month a man was bitten in the leg in the Gulf of Mexico off Anna Maria Island near Sarasota. They do call it Shark Alley for a reason. And a 12-year-old girl suffered a bite to her leg while swimming off Cocoa Beach. It was really, really painful. Those recent encounters and many more giving beachgoers pause as they try to soak up the last weeks of summer safely. It's one thing to be scared, have a scare, but to be bitten by a shark is another thing. As for that attack here in New York, the city's Parks Department is working with the NYPD and the FDNY on enhanced surveillance of Rockaway Beach. It's expected to reopen later today. All right. Craig? And Thompson Force here in the studio. And thank you. We have more to get to. As we mentioned earlier, they might have to change mega millions to mega billions if it keeps going like this. The jackpot for tonight's drawing has reached an estimated one point five billion dollars. That would be the largest in mega millions history. If there's a winner and they take the cash option, they would get just over seven hundred fifty seven million dollars. The game has now gone more than three months without a grand prize winner. Seven hundred fifty seven million. Gerard's if you he's collecting for the office for the office pool. There's still a chance. There's still a chance. That's it. <laughs> Mr. Roker have, would still be have, here, though. Have if you won. have you put in for the I have. I got my cash. You got your cash. cash? All right. Whoa. Yeah. Look at that. I know. It's unusual. Craig's little T-Rex arm. Yeah, I mean, it's all the, way, all the way into that pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. How about 
anyway. the forecast, please. <laughs> okay. Well, we are looking at heavy rain into northern New England. Record highs again, unfortunately, continuing down through Florida. Severe storms down through the Gulf. We're going to be watching that very hot and humid, just the, the broken record or a melted record at this point. Afternoon storms coming out of the Rockies, and we're looking at sunshine along the West Coast. And that's your latest weather, guys. All, All right, right. Thank now, you. Thank you. Coming up, heartbreak for beloved actress Sandra Bullock after the death of her longtime partner following a private battle with ALS. Stephanie Gosk has that story. Yeah, Craig, you know, Brian Randall and Sandra Bullock were private about their relationship and private about his health struggle. Coming up, we'll tell you more and we'll reflect on their relationship and share a statement from his family about his death. All right. Thank you, Stephanie. Plus, a major back to school concern, the nationwide shortage of teachers. Some students now returning to empty classrooms. An inside look at why so many educators have quit and how districts are getting creative to fill those vacancies. But first, this is Today on NBC. It's a wrap 1600. In nothing but a G thing, this doctor rap never let me slip, because if I slip, then I'm slipping. Mary. Who's Dr. Dre? Yes. Way to go, Mary. Nice. Uh, that was impressive. Uh, we are back with a, bl- a blast from Jeopardy's past. That iconic host, Alex Trebek, reading some rap lyrics there. And if you like that clue, there's a good chance you could be hearing it again from the new host, thanks to the ongoing writer strike in Hollywood. It's something I hadn't thought about. I would uh, listen to that clue over and over again. Exactly. Yeah. Well, meantime, out. inside Studio 1A, as you see here, Jacob is pitching in while hey, Savannah and Hoda enjoy the morning off. So good morning to you. Well, good morning, guys. Well, we have a lot to get to in this half hour, starting with sad news from Hollywood. The longtime boyfriend of beloved Oscar winner Sandra Bullock has died. Brian Randall's family announcing the 57-year-old passed away after battling ALS. NBC Stephanie Goss joins us with a little bit more on this story. Hey, Steph, good morning. Hey, Craig, good morning. Sandra Bullock kept her relationship with photographer Brian Randall pretty private, but in recent interviews, she referred to him as the love of her life, super kind, and the example she would like her children to have as a father and partner. Heartbreak this morning for actress Sandra Bullock. Her longtime partner Brian Randall died after a three-year battle with ALS. Randall's family telling NBC News in a statement that he chose early to keep his journey with ALS private, and those of us who cared for him did our best to honor his request, adding, at this time we ask for privacy to grieve and to come to terms with the impossibility of saying goodbye to Brian. ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's, is a progressive nervous system disease that impacts the brain and spinal cord. Unfortunately, it has no cure. Randall, a model-turned-photographer, met Bullock in 2015 when he was hired to photograph her son Louis's birthday party. He later snapped this image for People magazine's cover to celebrate Bullock's adoption of her daughter, Lila. Bullock recently joked about co-parenting alongside Randall on the red carpet to Extra. Now let Bri be the treat guy, and I'm like... You know, we all have our place. We all have our place. But I'm the one that they want to snuggle and sleep with. So my bad cup might not be so bad. The couple keeping the details of their relationship mostly private. It was something that was incredibly important to the two of them. And it was by their own rules. They didn't need to put a ring on it or walk down the aisle together to show that that they were devoted to each other and their children. Bullock giving a rare glimpse into her life with Randall on Red Table Talk. A saint. He is he is evolved on a level that is not human. A two-time Academy Award-winning actress also discussed finding love again, nearly a decade after her divorce from Jesse James. I found the love of my life. 
We shared two beautiful children, three children, his, his older daughter. It's the yeah. best thing ever. Bullock's primary focus since becoming a mother, she told today. How would you prioritize your life now? Well, it's my kids. Everything yeah. is about them being okay. My priorities are my kids, my kids, my kids, my family, my family. And last year, Bullock told Entertainment Tonight she was taking a break from acting indefinitely to do just that. Such a sad story. Yeah. Steph, we, we are also starting to hear a little bit more from Sandra's family about yeah. her dedication to Brian's care. What more yeah, can you tell us about that Yeah, we're hearing from Sandra's sister, Gazina, who we know well here on the Today, Today Show. She posted on Instagram in part, there's some comfort in knowing he had the best of caretakers in my amazing sister and the band of nurses she assembled who helped her look after him in their home. Hmm. So she was a caretaker. I'm wishing oh, her yeah. the best this morning. Thank you. Well, You're welcome. Indeed. Thanks, Steph. All right, switching gears now to a growing concern for our nation's schools. As students are heading back to class, many districts are struggling to find enough teachers to fill all of those classrooms. NBC's Maggie Vespa is in Chicago with that story. Maggie, good morning. Hey, Jacob, good morning. Yeah, here in Illinois, these shortages are so severe, the state's governor is actually proposing a three-year pilot program to try to hire and retain more teachers. This, as superintendents across the state say vacancy rates are as high as, if not higher than, they were last year. It's a serious problem playing out in school districts across the country. As students head back to school for the start of another year, many districts nationwide are scrambling to find qualified teachers for every classroom. Some 51,000 teachers quit in May of this year, impacting kids and their families. He got a letter from the school saying that he doesn't have a teacher, that he may have one before school starts. Teachers qualified in subjects like science, math, and special ed are in especially short supply. We're losing 300,000 teachers a year, and we're not getting enough people coming into the profession. Concerns over school safety are a factor, along with post-pandemic burnout. Teacher pay has also stagnated, while the cost of a four-year degree has skyrocketed. Every teacher I know is working two to three jobs. We're doing DoorDash. We're doing Uber. We're doing waitressing. In states like Florida, some teachers say political battles over education have become too much. I quit my teaching job because of the banning of books, the low pay, the treatment of LGBTQ young people, staff and adults, the whitewashing of black history in America. For dedicated professionals, it's often a difficult and emotional choice. It killed me to leave my kids. Those are my kids. Administrators are looking for solutions. And then the temperature going down. Including so-called grow-your-own programs that pay apprentice teachers and recruit candidates who might not have a traditional teaching background. Now we're going to support you by paying you while you're training. You're an employee from day one, so the loyalty is built in. In Maryland, grant money allows aides and support staff at this school for special needs kids to attend college and become educators. We could go to college full time and get a degree fully paid for tuition, books, all that good stuff. And really in my dream field, which is special education. New pathways into the profession at a moment that requires creative solutions. And Maggie, the shortage is causing some districts even to turn to shortening the school week. Is that right? 
Yeah, you're talking about four-day school weeks. We're definitely seeing it more and more. In fact, one study shows it is effectively the new normal in 850 school districts across the year. That's up from 650 in 2020. So that's how fast this trend is growing. Among the pros, you know, experts say it cuts costs, attendance goes up, as does morale. But a big con is they say it contributes to learning loss among students, especially in the areas of English and math. But, you know, a lot of superintendents, a lot of districts say, hey, clearly the status quo also isn't working and these teacher shortages, Jacob, prove that. All right, Maggie Vespa, thanks so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, you come from a, a family of teachers. Absolutely. My mom just retired. My sister was a kindergarten teacher, both my grandmothers. Um, but it, when I think about it right now, sure. none of them are, t- are teaching. Yeah. You know what I mean? My mom so. was a teacher. Mother-in-law was a teacher. But it's, I mean, the, the crisis that we have in this country is a crisis of our own making. Well, that yeah. morale issue is the big one right there. Yeah. And we got to take care of those teachers. If you are a teacher this morning, just so you know, and we say it all the time on yes. the show, we appreciate it. We love you. you. All right. Still ahead, we are getting ready to host a special reunion today after a medical breakthrough, a pioneering transplant used to save the lives of two babies. Those adorable girls and their parents will join us live right here in Studio 1A. It's our favorite story of the morning. Mm. First, though, so we're still we're still talking about a heat wave. Yeah. Guess what else is heating up? Uh-oh. Pumpkin spice season. Come on. Joe Fryer is here. He's dressed for the occasion. <laughs> what gives, Joe? You know, it's not October. It is not September. It's not even mid-August. And yet pumpkin spice is spicing up our summer. So grab your favorite sweater and join us on this journey coming up after the break. <laughs> it's almost 742. We're back with In-Depth Today. And you know what else is back? Yeah. The taste. I'm going to need you to give me a little bit more enthusiasm. Al is very excited. The taste and smell of pumpkin spice. We, we, we talk about it every year. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> but actually never this early. We no. never talk about it this early. Yeah. Joining us now with a closer look at the Trend Morning News Now anchor, Joe August Fryer. 8th. August 8th. Love the sweater, Joe. Yeah. Thank you so much. I mean, never mind that there's going to be temps near 90 in New York <laughs> later this week. Far from crisp or autumnal, I've donned my heaviest cardigan because of According to the corporate coffee gods, sweater weather is apparently upon us, and so is pumpkin spice. Starbucks will reportedly bring back the fall favorite earlier than usual this year, with other chains like Dunkin' and Krispy Kreme also jumping on the early fall bandwagon, leaving us all deeply, deeply confused. Even though summer temps are blistering, nationwide an autumn trend is already brewing. The return of the pumpkin spice latte. First one of the season, let's try it out. The seasonal fall drink falling earlier on the calendar, sparking that yearly debate. Iced pumpkin spice latte. No, no, she's asking me for pumpkin. It's August. Pumpkin spice is hitting the stores already. I'm out. Experts say pumpkin-flavored products generate $500 million yearly in the U.S., which may explain why some companies seemingly start fall earlier and earlier every year. FYI, the PSL, Starbucks Pumpkin Spice Latte, generates hundreds of millions in sales alone. When the pumpkin spice latte arrives, you know it's fall time period, and there's something nostalgic about fall. Peter Dukes created the iconic PSL, the coffee giant's top seasonal beverage, in 2003, making this the 20th anniversary. Maybe some people want to hold on to summer a little bit longer. Uh, They're not quite ready for for fall. Food blogger Marky Devo says the Starbucks fall menu could drop as early as August 24th, six days earlier than last year. 
And it's not the only company jumping on the fall bandwagon. Duncan exclusively tells NBC News the launch date for its fall menu is next Wednesday, August 16th. Krispy Kreme and Whole Foods are introducing their own pumpkin spice products in early August, along with 7-Eleven which I visited last night. The debate over pumpkin spice, even spicing up the banter here at Today. I hate pumpkin spice latte. What don't you like about it? Okay, there's no pumpkin in it. It's chemicals. It's artificial flavoring. There, it it just, why? I need something to cleanse my palate. Oh, I don't know. Battery acid? There's no pumpkin in it. There's no spice. There's berry latte. Stop it. But for the naysayers who say it's way too early, Starbucks and other coffee chains typically offer iced versions of the fall treats that make for the perfect transition to say goodbye to the sweltering summer and hello to cooler temps ahead. We asked Starbucks to confirm that August 24th release date, but the company was unable to let us know just yet. Remember, all these companies are promoting these products in early August. The official start of fall, the Equinox. Yes. It's still a month and a half September away. 23rd at 2.49 a.m. <laughs> Why would you want to rush getting rid of summer what for something that tastes that bad? It's not it Joe's fault. I know. By the way, I've lost five pounds but just wait. sitting That's here. That's right. In fact, <laughs> Joe is ushering in Christmas with the ugly sweaters. <laughs> I actually like that sweater. It is a nice sweater. What is it about it that you don't like? Like, is it just the... the taste? Everything. <laughs> what is, is, it? is it across the board? It's such a Starbucks. It's no, always... No, anybody's. Okay. Anybody. I'm a big Krispy Kreme fan. Yeah. They lose points just for that. <laughs> it does taste really artificial. Like yeah, it's well, too... maybe you could mix some real pumpkin in it or something. Yeah, or... It's called joy. Not. <laughs> but I, think I the... wonder how Al really thinks uh, but about I, I this. I think the larger issue is there does seem to be this tendency of, like, earlying up everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. Like, Christmas is too early. It's, everything's just too early. Like What's this? the over-under on the first Christmas uh, um, commercial? I would just like to say that Joe is not a therapist. So <laughs> That's right. No. Joe's like, I just but need I'm a story. Buddy. By the way, by the way, strong points for the woolen tie. Thank you went all in. I have a sweater tie to yes. go with my sweater. Wow. wow. Thank you, Joe. Joe. That's thank impressive. You. Any, any cold on the way to go with the Of course. <laughs> take a look. Hey, Donnie, hit the button for me before okay. I even get there. Just look at this. We have heat advisories, heat warnings for 52 million people. But you know what? Have a pumpkin spice latte because that'll take your mind off of it because it tastes so bad. (laughs) Anyway, take a look at this. The the southern heat is just it is not going anywhere. Unfortunately, we've got this high parked right over Texas. And so these temperatures are going to be again into the triple digits for Dallas, for Corpus Christi, 90s in Atlanta, Miami, mid 90s. But it's going to feel like 115. But next three days in the northeast going to be spectacular. Boston in the mid 80s, low 80s to mid 80s here in New York, upper 80s in Washington, D.C., but again, seasonal conditions. Have a lemonade. I'm not done having Aperol spritzes yet. (laughs) Come on. Thank you, Al. All right, coming up. This is something to think about. What's the best album cover of all time? Ooh. Think about album covers. Yes, those Sergeant things Pepper. we used to have. That's a good one. We'll break it down for you on Popstar Plus Outside. Matt Abdus here with the ultimate grilled steak oh, sandwich. Meat, Jacob, meat. Let's go. Meat. Do a speedy. Did you stop? 